Howdy, listeners. Welcome to episode 18 of Oscar Wants a Sausage. It's been a while, but we're back in the studio. I have my co-host, Matthew Henderson. Hello. Good afternoon. And my name is Owen Marshall, and today we have no guests. Brilliant. Happy days. We're not back again, haven't we? Yeah. Well, you know, you're just going to have to persevere uh, and just trust us when we say one day we'll, we'll, we'll get someone really interesting on, you know, blow you guys away. For now, how you been, Matt? Yeah, good, good. Not been up to much, really. Just sort of uh, cruising through life, I suppose, as it were. How, how long has it been? About three weeks since we did one? Yeah. After, after we promised to be a re- bit more regular because we had some better gear. We took a three-month break, a three-three-week break. This is the uh, frequently infrequent podcast <laughs> from uh, Two Layabouts. I uh, hope you're enjoying it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I uh, I dreamt the other day that I I died. That's always a good way to open the show. Well, it's, it was. It's weird. I just um, I dreamt that I was shot, and. It was one of those dreams where I um, had heard, like earlier on in the dream, someone mentioned someone was breaking into houses and shooting people who were in there and then stealing things or whatever. And, you know, I just ignored it. It's just a dream, you know. You don't, you don't really take those sort of... <laughs> so was this, was this in the same dream or was this a previous Yeah, no, dream? it's in the same dream. But, you know, our dreams aren't really very sort of linear or, no. you know, it kind of feels sort of real at the time but you know someone mentioned it and you just ignore it and you get on with things and then it just came back to bite me on the arse because sure enough this guy comes in you got shot I got shot he he, I think he was a lunatic right well obviously because he's killing people but I could sort of see him afterwards stealing stuff and then you know I was sort of there maybe having a sort of bit of an out-of-body sort of experience and I just started thinking about um things I needed to do. What, like life flash before your like, eyes sort of thing? No, well, I was, it was more like things that I needed to do in life. I was like, must record another episode of Oscar on Sausage. Uh, I must, uh, I've got to go and, you know, buy some, uh, you know... Lettuce. Yeah. <laughs> All these sort of mundane things come into your mind. And I'm thinking, oh, God, I can't do any of that anymore. Mm. I'm dead. You know? We should, uh, we should update cabs on the bucket list now, because obviously when he was on the show, we discussed the, the thing to do before you die. Yeah. Yours is to uh, record another episode, go to the shops. Yeah. Go for a run. Go for a run, you know. <laughs> that, that was sort of, that was basically it. <laughs> but, it, yeah, just all this week I've been having these sort of dreams. I've been taking on board. Like, normally I have these sort of dreams where, you know, things are just sort of random, but... Mm. Recently, I've been sort of taking on elements of sort of what I've seen during the day and stuff, which is a bit So weird. you're having like a coherent dream about something that in real life? Yeah, just like different images that I've seen during the day have ended up in my dreams. Yeah. Um, and are you sleeping well? Well, it's been because I've, you know, with work, I've been travelling a bit. Yeah, so and, you've been um, a bit disjointed yeah I guess that's probably put me out a bit but um, I went to uh, week before last with work I went to Sweden mm. 
And um, so I was doing, you know, do video these cars, videoing cars all day, check into the hotel. It's quite a nice hotel, sort of Japanese style hotel. Uh, and I go into my room, get all excited, start looking around the hotel room. Not hotel rooms are always a novelty to me. I just I'm always interested in what they have and what they don't have. Yeah, Do yeah. they have a Gideon Bible? Do they have a mini bar? Do yeah. they have uh, free uh, towels? Towels, you know. Do they have a dressing gown? Does it have, you know, an iron? You mm. know, so trouser press. So I do all my exploring. Uh, that takes all of, you know, five minutes. And then, uh, you know, I was pretty. I really needed a poo. And um, so, uh, you know, did the deed. Massive poo, by the way. I mean, it was pretty. I was pretty proud of it. I was like, boy, you know, do I. For a little guy, <laughs> you can certainly produce. <laughs> you know, I obviously, I, well, I must have carried that thing from England, you know, yeah, all the way the to Sweden, and you know, there it was. It was, and uh, anyway, I turn around, look at the system, and there's this little sort of screw pointing out of the s top of the system thing, and so I push it down, nothing happens. Couldn't believe it. Nothing happened. So I was just furiously sort of trying to hammer this thing down, and I was just like, I didn't know what to do with myself. So I was just like, Do I throw water down there? Well, how, <laughs> how do you flush a toilet when the flush don't work? Bucket water works. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, no bucket. So I just, just thought, well, I, I went, I went to the. There was a drinks reception. I thought I'm not going to miss out on my free drinks. So I went upstairs <laughs> for the free drinks, and then. Uh, the uh, car manufacturers were putting on a um, like a presentation thing, so I thought, sod that, I ain't going to that. Mm. So I went back to my room. By this time, it's just you know, it's it's circulated, it's festering. Yeah, and I thought, well, I can't stay in here, you know. So I went to the front desk and I just went, Look, this is this is a bit embarrassing, but um, my toilet flush doesn't work. And I'm like, okay, and I said, yeah, but. I've used it <laughs> and it doesn't work. So they just said, "Oh, that's fine. We'll just sort you out with um, another room." Yeah, here's some keys. Move your things, and and we'll sort it out. And uh, then she just jokingly went, "Make sure you check the flush works or whatever." You know, and I was like, "You fucking wise ass. <laughs> Fuck you." You know, this is really difficult for me. I yeah. could have just left it in there. You know, for you to find, but I was just came. Well, you wouldn't have to use the toilet the rest of the your stay there. Well, it was only one night. I could have left it so in there overnight. So you would have just pissed in the sink. Yeah, yeah or just add. <laughs> um, but um, so I go back for uh, dinner, and um, during the meal, you know, need the loo again. So I went to the loo, right. Didn't have any urinals, so I went into the toilet again, confronted by another one of these uh, little screws poking out. And I stare at it for a minute, and I go, oh, hang on. Maybe I'll just pull it. <laughs> Flushed. Flush. Oh, fucking hell. Couldn't believe it. I that woman, that receptionist, we went up to your room and said, right, what's the problem here? Yeah. Pulled it. But it couldn't she suggest that to me? Well, did you pull it, mate? Because yeah. I've got <laughs> handles. I've seen handles, right? I've had chains. You've had right? buttons. I've got buttons now, right? So I thought you just had to push it down. And it wasn't like it looked like a sort of some kind of mechanism or anything. It was 
it was broken. just a screw. It looked broken. But then when I was confronted by another screw, I problem solved, you know? <coughs> and I overcame my problem. The Sherlock Holmes and you just said, right, hang on a minute. Well, you know. <laughs> to, to, to the same flush mechanism in two toilets is a, not a mystery. It means it's a, not just a coincidence. So, um, sort of social network update, right? Um, I've, you know, as if it could get any worse, basically. (laughs) As if social networking could get any worse, right? I found Twitter. Oh, fucking hell. And it was one of those things, like, people started banging on about it. So I signed up and got myself a username and that, and yeah. I might have pressed, I might have typed in something, uh, just to, just so I had one. If you know, everybody else got one, go get one. You know, join the bandwagon. Yeah. Um, and now I've got it. You know, I've got it on my phone. So you know, it's sort of, it's an app that you know. You're, you're updating constantly now. Are you. I'm twittering quite regularly, and it's. I think I've got some sort of social networking dementia thing or something. I'm addicted. I'm addicted. You know, you wanted to talk about statuses. Well, I've now got an application added to my Facebook. So when I write Twitters, it automatically updates my Facebook status. You know, so, you know, multitasking sort of thing. So you sync them up. Yeah. why does that help you? Why does that help me? Yeah. Well, then because for people on Twitter, you know, I'll write them a little note. A little tweet. You know, like, oh, God, I can't flush the toilet. I'm in Sweden. Help. Yeah. You know? And then I know that it will go onto Facebook. So you people on Facebook. So do you have separate friends on Facebook and Twitter? I mean, do you not uh, merge those groups together? Actually, most of the people on Twitter who subscribe to me are probably on Facebook. So so they're getting it just twice on two different things. Yeah, but like, you know what I like is, um, you know, there's quite a lot of celebrities on Twitter now. Right. Uh, so have you got many followers on Twitter then? Uh, no. I've got about maybe 10. Or and they're mostly for their friends or you've got any randoms? Uh... I think they're all people that know me, yeah. Or no, maybe some of the, some of the celebrities I think I subscribed to just subscribed back, which right, was nice. Right, okay. So, um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I just feel, like, sad when I don't have anything to write. Yeah. So what did you write then? What was the last thing you, twi- you, you tweeted? Well, actually, uh, this is an interesting one, because, you know, I started... Started up jogging again. Yeah. And uh, last weekend, when I went out with uh, old Baker the Mark... <laughs> you and Baker the Mark went jogging? No, oh, no. Right. We went out, you yeah, know, right, yeah. f- of an evening for, for drinks and that in Clapham. Came back, and uh, Jan's away, so he, he kept at mine. And, uh, you know, I woke up at 10, felt awful, went to the toilet, flushed went back to bed, woke up at like 11, got some, got some water, went back to bed, you know, and I'm all the time, I'm sort of sleep, I'm not really sleeping, you're sort of going in and out, dozing, of, sort of dozing. Yeah. And I'm just thinking about, I need to go for a run, I should just go for a run. You know, you can't go out 
drinking all night and then not doing any exercise. Mm. You owe this to yourself. I mean, come on, you've got to do it. And I was just thinking, I could quite easily just not do it. Yeah. Especially as Mark's here, because, you know, am I just going to leave him here? Am I going to take him with me? <laughs> you know? But um, then I, I checked my phone and I, you know, opened the old tw Twitter ap application. Yeah. Eddie Izzard's just taken a picture of Putney Bridge. He's on his run. I thought, well, fuck it. If Eddie Izzard is out running today, yeah, probably can. in his high heels or something, you know, full transvestite gear, transvestite jogger, you know, I, then I, I've got to fucking go for a run. Yeah. So I actually got inspired by Eddie Izzard. Taking a photo of Putney Bridge. Yeah. I thought, fuck it. He's out running. I've got to go for a run. Yeah. So I went, Mark, I've got, got my shorts and stuff on. And I said, Mark, I'm just going for a jog. I'll be back in a bit. He goes, I'm staying here. <laughs> <laughs> as, if, as, if I, as if he thought I was expecting him to yeah. come with me. Uh, so, yeah. Or, or asking him to go home. Yeah, so the last thing I tweeted was, uh, just been for my Sunday jog. Have you? You know? Oh, you fucking And gay. I sent it to Eddie Izzard. I haven't had a reply yet, so... But, you know... Uh, so that's like, so that's what you've used it for to ask other people who've gone for a jog. So what do you use your Facebook status for then? Do you use them for separate things? Or is it basically you? No, just it's the same thing. It's sort of like a sort of log of banal things that I've done, you know. So I don't really get Facebook statuses anymore. And then like, yesterday, huh? I don't get Facebook statuses anymore. Like what? I don't. I never. I never update mine really. Yeah. Like once every month I'll probably put something on but it only lasts for like a day or something now doesn't it uh, but I see people updating it like three or four times a day like so and so is eating a yoghurt or so and so is on you know leaving work and so and so is doing something and well I don't need to know I don't really need to know what you're eating for lunch I'm not bothered do you ever you know you ever proud of sort of things that you've done and think oh, I want to tell the world no because I don't think I'm a show off so anything I've achieved or whatever, I don't want to start uh, sitting, you know, I've done this, that and the other. So, well, I don't know why it's necessary. So everybody who does this sort of thing, they just show off, are they? No, no, but not, you, in, in answer to your question, have you never done something, you've achieved something and you want to let the world know? Well, no, I haven't. I've never had that kind of feeling that I want to let tell people I've just, I don't know, walked up bloody Charing Cross Road. And back and back to my office for on my lunch break. Do you ever wonder about what other people are doing? Yeah, I wonder what other people are doing, but I don't. I don't need to know the kind of banalities of what they've eaten for lunch. What? Well, why do I need that information? Why is that? Why is that interesting to me? Why do I need to know what 150 different people have eaten for lunch on on any given day? Well, it might help you make a decision. No, it won't, because I've already got my lunch with me. Well, so I'll, I'll be fucked. I'll be like, oh, I really fancy that. Lunch? I really fancy that, but I've got a bloody ham sandwich in my bag, so I'm gonna have to, you know, I'm gonna have to deal with it. I don't know. I find it just a little bit kind of. I'm f this whole. I know you're addicted to social networking. If anything, I'm withdrawing from it. I think I need to give it up or anything. something. I think I need to go to sort of social networking rehabilitation. <laughs> because it, it sort of some sort of clinic for it starts to sort of govern your life you know well it does because you then every time you do something you think first thing you think or perhaps not the first thing but you think well I better update Facebook let people know 
I saw you. I saw you on Friday. Your Facebook status on Friday evening, after I'd had a phone conversation with you. Yeah. Uh, and you told me that you had walked to your car from work without your keys, and you left your keys in the office, so you had then had to walk back to the office and pick up your keys. Yeah. I when I got home, logged onto Facebook. I've then been told that you put that as your status, or whatever. I've just walked back. And I said, well, I already know that information. Why are you telling me again? Yeah, but I thought it was funny because I also attached that picture to it. Oh, I didn't see the picture. You didn't see the picture? No. Well, you see, I, didn't, I couldn't understand why I would have left my keys at work. Right. And then I realised, stupid bloody USB key right. ring, right. I put some stuff, some information on there. And left it in. And gave it to my mate for, for him to put it on his computer. He's plugged it in, and then he's just not giving me it back. So right, I okay. just took a picture of it. Because I thought that was funny, that the keys are just hanging there, sticking out the bloody computer. And then, uh, <laughs> and then I got a message underneath that status from, from the guy who borrowed it. He just said, sorry, fella. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> uh, but uh, I thought it was amusing anyway. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, maybe I'm just being a grump about it, but like, Facebook's just becoming... Well, since my friend... Um, since Woogie's been away, he's obviously been travelling the world and he's been on the on the internet and keeping people up to date. But we between him, uh, me and another friend of ours, or well, a friend of his really from home, we've had like a face like a thread, you know, have the um in the in your inbox website sending emails. Mm. Uh and this thread's now got up to something like two hundred and fifteen emails or something, people comments that the three of us have produced since he's been away. Mm. Every time someone posts something on it, I get sent an email to tell me that they've sent, said something. You can turn them off. Yeah, but in that, in that email that I get sent, yeah, it also tells me what they've written. So why do I ever need to go and view uh, this thing? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like every, every time I get it, I just get an email telling me, and it includes the... Uh, yeah, I turned those off a email. long time ago. But then if I turn that off, I don't check Facebook enough to ever go in and realise that it's been sent like a message. Because Woogie was trying to ring me on my birthday... And uh, I, my phone was in my bag, and then he sent me like an email or a thing on Facebook saying, answer your phone. And I looked at my phone, I had like six missed calls from like a no number or whatever. And then I replied to him, but had I not, I check my emails like all the time, but had I not done that, I wouldn't have seen his, his Facebook thing. So like, well, it's just like a, like a middleman. Just send me a fucking email. I've said this, I know I've said this before, I'm probably just singing the same tune, but seriously. And every time I go onto Facebook, they've changed it now. So I can't find anything I want. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with it anymore. I just look at it, and all I do is read other people's statuses because that's what gets updated on like mm. the, the, the page you get when you go in. Well, they fucked it whether, up. Whether they put photos on. So that's all I do is look at photos. I don't know how to look at my friends or find other friends if like specifically anymore. I, I, think I don't even know how to upload my own photos anymore. Like it's just. I think the thing with Facebook from a design point of view is they've just sort of the beauty of it when it started was the simplicity yeah whereas myspace was sort of too much effort you know customizing it and all this sort of pimping nonsense. it up yeah facebook had a uniform style and it was simple and now they've just tried to overcomplicate it because they're trying to you know sort of compete with things like twitter and other things and i think the beauty of t twitter for me was just like it was just simple you know? But in Twitter is basically just the status, yeah. So all you're it's doing just is the status. It's, just, it's like having the status bar of Facebook, but called something else. So 
it's just another way of posting things though like if you see an interesting link online and you want to share that with people or you know you can also post your f photos up there if you see something funny or whatever you know um, you can just put it up you know I don't know I just I think it just makes me feel involved in, in the world in the world so who what, who do you follow on Twitter who your celebrity um, who are you stalking? Uh, I, well, I just added, like, when I started, I just added a whole bunch because they had suggestions. So I just clicked a couple just to get it going. Mm. Um, MC Hammer. And what is MC Hammer Twitter about? Uh, he's just loving life, man. You know, he's, just, he's always up to something, flying somewhere, doing something, you know, uh, going to concerts and... Uh, and uh, yeah, just just general stuff, you know. Good. Um, Stephen Fry. Yeah. You know. Isn't everyone signed up to him? Isn't yeah, he yeah. He does sort of, you know, interesting little tidbits. Eddie Izzard, uh QD3, Quincy Jones's son. Right. Who um, I'm glad I subscribed to him because the other day it was. Uh, you know, I'm a big Tupac fan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, last Monday was Tupac's birthday. Mm -hmm. And um, he said that uh, he was, he announced that he was going to stream uh, a, a sort of, his la the last album that he did just before he died, called the, the Machiavelli album, basically, uh, The Seven Day Theory. He had an early mix of it because he was sort of involved in producing, he produced a couple of records for oh, him and right, stuff. Yeah. And he had he had sort of his copy. It didn't get released until a couple of months after he died, but he had his copy, and some of the tracks were in a slightly different order. It was slightly raw and slightly unmixed. And he, he said, you know, he was going to sort of um, talk to the powers that be, as it were, and, and they gave him permission to stream it online. Mm. And it was just interesting to hear it. So, you know, had I not been on Twitter, I wouldn't have, wouldn't wouldn't have caught that. that. And... I, I, I must have asked him something and he gave me a personal message and I just thought that was quite cool just yeah. you know uh, that he would just talk to fans and stuff uh, I can't think of who else uh, Neil Gaiman right he's talking about bees and stuff keeps bees um, I, I quite enjoy reading his yeah. Things. Um, so, how often do these these people post? Once a day, is it, or as much uh, as that? Or? Sometimes really regularly. Sometimes they're gone for a while. You yeah. know. I think Neil Gaiman's pretty much consistent. Yeah. Um, MC Hammer will just just hammer it, and then you won't hear. Until it like from ten in the day, and then that's yeah. It. I don't like over-twittering people who are over-twitter, you know? Yeah, yeah. no, no. Can't. Just, 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 you know, just give me something. Just give me something. Just enough. A bit of food for thought for the day, you know? <laughs> I think I, I, I might message Eddie and just say cheers, mate, because otherwise the, the other day I wouldn't have gone for a run yeah. if he hadn't posted that picture of Putney Bridge. So was the fact that he'd gone for a run that made you feel... You should, or, or or finally made you feel you're gonna have to go. Was it Putney Bridge? Having seen it so many times, you suddenly thought. Well, I was a bit annoyed I because 
was a bit annoyed because how how long how how much time have I spent at Putney Bridge <laughs> because I used to work at a cinema yeah, you know yeah. next door and I never saw Eddie Izzard. I was like, Fuck, <laughs> that's annoying. Uh, but I just thought, you know, well, Eddie's gone for a run. I should really go for a run. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I don't know what if he went out on a bender the night before, but I did. And so, you know, I definitely deserve, my body deserves this. So, But I think he gave me that extra push. I could have not done it, but, yeah. you know, I thought, well, he's out there doing it, so let's do it. I did actually meet Eddie Izzard once. All right. Me and Alexis went to see his uh, sexy tour. Oh, right, yeah. S uh, stayed, um, hung out outside uh, the Wembley Arena in the bloody drizzle. Yeah. You know, and we're sitting there with a couple of, like, 15-year-old girls. Wait, we had to wait ages, you know. But the thing is, Alexis has waited with me the first time I saw... Henry Rollins. Oh, uh, okay, so you so owed him. I sort of owed him, yeah. So I said, all right, we'll wait here. And he, he really wanted to meet him. So I was like, okay, let's, let's, let's hang out. Let's, you know, hold strong. Uh, in the meantime, I uh, made friends with this uh, security guard, just, just, you know, chatting because there's only so much you can talk to a 15-year-old girl about before it becomes just, you know. So what did you talk to her about? Uh, I was just talking to the guy about, you know, who he'd met and the sort of gigs and yeah. what have you. And was he, did he work for Wembley or did he work for Eddie? No, he worked for Wembley. Right. And so I was talking to him and, and I remember he was really friendly and he was like, oh, you know, I could get you into some gigs and stuff like that. And we were like, yeah, cool, that's, that's cool or whatever. You know, so we were just chatting, you know. Uh, he, he, Eddie comes out. Alexis gets his book signed. Somewhere I've got a picture, some pictures of them together. And, um, and then afterwards, we waited so long that um, we'd missed the sort of tube or whatever, so we had to get a night bus. And this security guard guy, he'd, he'd finished work and came by and was like, oh, do you want to lift somewhere like in, in, into Central or whatever? And I was just like a bit... Strange and dangerous, but yeah. I thought, I thought, well, fuck it. I'm with Alexis. I can always just chuck him, <laughs> at him if he turns out to be a serial killer. <laughs> so I thought, uh, let's just get in. Yeah. You know? So I got in and uh, drove to um, Leicester Square. He dropped us off there, and uh, we we exchanged numbers because he was like, oh, it, it, you know, I could get you into gigs, and you know, we should hang out, whatever. And I was like, yeah, cool. Yeah, I didn't want to be square. He's just giving us a lift, you know. And he seemed like a nice bloke. And then um, uh, a couple, a month, month or so later, got a text message from his number, and it just said, "Hi, you know, I'm so and so. Remember, I saw you that night in Wembley. Gave you a lift." Um, and he said, "Oh, yeah, I'm that gay guy." And I got a bit frightened. Mm -hmm. And, like, it's weird. Like, you remember the other day I was saying how I wanted more gay friends? Yeah. Because just to be, you know, just get people different perspectives. And I just, I checked out. Didn't meet him. I was trying to get, like, Jan and Mark and that lot to go with me, you know, yeah, so you I wouldn't be alone. Uh, and, uh, but they weren't sort of so keen. 
And so we didn't. <laughs> so I just left him and I didn't even reply. Oh. Too frightened. What, what's to be scared of? Stranger danger, you know? He's, he's, not, he's not a stranger. You'd already been in his car. You'd already like, taken him. All right, yeah, I just got the lifts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have to ask, ask Alexis to confirm <laughs> whether it was just a lift or not. Yesterday, went to a signing uh, in town with uh, Craig Charles. Ah, cool. Where, where was that? Uh, it was at the collector's store on the Strand. Yeah, right, yeah. Yeah. What, um, the, um, near, near the Adelphi Theatre? Yeah. Near the Joseph one? Yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, it was really nice, man. What was he signing? Uh, they just released the DVD of the... Um, Back to Earth. Yeah. Ah, okay. So did you so buy it? Huh? Did you buy it and get it? Yeah, I sign? bought a copy of that and um, I got him to sign it to the Marshall Brothers. Ah, okay, right. I said, I'm one of them. The <laughs> other one's in the States, so I was yeah. going to send him a copy of the DVD. And he was like, all right, there you go. Did Mr. he sign Marshall. two then? No, I just got one. I mean, like, eventually Ollie will post it back. We've, we, we've got our DVD collection, Transatlantic. Right, you know, yeah, yeah. It's just okay. stuff eventually gets posted back or whenever <laughs> I go out there. You come out with a bag. He stuffs my suitcase full of DVDs. So you come out like a, yeah. One day we'll have the ultimate movie library. <laughs> you know? They come back through customs and they think you're uh, selling dodgy DVDs. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he was a really nice bloke. Did you chat, chat to him much then? Yeah, I was talking to him about... Um, because obviously I've seen the series on the on Dave, and I was just saying like I couldn't believe it because um, where you know I work for what car where we shoot the cars for the road tests is in Chobham and they mm. film loads of the show in Chobham. Yeah. And I was just like, so I missed you there. Yeah. I missed you when they shot at the they shot in the bloody Bentall Centre in Kingston. Did they? Yeah, they shot in a comic book shop in Richmond, and I was like. Couldn't believe, like you know, we almost crossed paths like oh. a couple of times. So. We could have been friends years ago. Yeah, we could have been. We could have been good mates. We could have been good mates. You know, I, you know, massive Red Dwarf fan. And then the uh, the other day, I went to this green car event, um, and uh, it was basically an eco run. Mm. So you had to sort of be as economical with your driving as possible from Brighton to London. Right. And Robert Llewellyn was there. Oh, right. And I was like, yeah, I, met, I saw your, your other mate, <laughs> you know, the other day. And, uh, but I didn't, I didn't go and speak to him. And I just, you know, I was a bit bummed out about that, actually. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he's a big sort of car enthusiast. And so we talked about cars. They're all into cars. Yeah. Um, so did you ask him about what, if they're planning to do anything else or...? Yeah, I spoke to him about it, but he doesn't really know anything. Yeah. But, you know... He would do if he... He said it'd probably be with, with Dave if it is. Yeah. I think the beeb was sort of... Not interesting anymore. Yeah. Um, but it got more... You know, it got sort of pretty good ratings yeah. compared to BBC One and Two on the day as well. Yeah. You know? So, so looks, looks good. If they're interested. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we see. I was fascinated to talk about, you know, his the drugs. Yeah, but I just, I just thought it wasn't appropriate. It was no, really, it's not, really no. nice. He, he, he was, he was. He admitted he was hungover, and he was drinking in the store. 
they bought him some beers, <laughs> you know, heir of the dog or whatever. Yeah. And uh, so he's still got that drinking problem, but um, it looks like he's, you know, cleaned up, obviously, because they yeah. got him back on Coronation yeah, Street. He, he got- said he really enjoys being doing Coronation Street, and I was like, well, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I asked him when his book's coming out, because he's written a book all about it, and it's, it's actually, if you go on play... You can see there's a Craig Charles biography, but it's it's like the, it should be ready now. Mm. And he goes, yeah, it's not it's not quite there yet. And the publishers are getting bit, a bit upset. Yeah, but he said it is coming. Because he's written a lot of poetry, hasn't he? He did he, like performing yeah. arts. He did done an awful lot. I think. Yeah, I yeah, and he did a sort of he did one stand up tour. I remember. I've got a video of that. Yeah. Um, where there was a lot of sort of poems in that just little funny word, poems sort of segments. And I read a book that he wrote called The Log, which right. was just very, you know, odd bits of... Writing and stuff. Yeah, which is really cool. So I'm looking forward to his book. But we did, we did, I did ask him about uh, Danny John Jules. Oh, right. And his incident about, um, he, uh, did you hear about this? He, he beat up his uh, binman. Yeah, I did hear something. I remember uh, hearing that like, he was like, for a song. It just cracks me up. I just the the image that it creates in my head, right? Basically, he he sort of he shed a bit more light on it, and he was like, um, you know, he put some polystyrene in his bin or something like that, and his binman just refused to take it, mm. and um, like they were saying like it's industrial waste or whatever, and it was like it was just his. Sort of household waste, so he's like, I can take it. So he goes out there in his dressing gown yeah. and beats up two binmen <laughs> and ends up in court or whatever. And I just think, how did he actually beat him up? Did I, he just like, yeah, I yeah. know, I, I, that's what I want to know. Did he just kung fu them in his yeah. dresses, his gown, and slippers? What, what the hell happened? But uh, he just goes, I think he's just having a midlife crisis. Yeah. <laughs> when, you, when you're out your front door, you know, in a dressing gown. Beating up bin men over yeah. cross iron, you know. You're and, in a bad and, then, place. and then he goes, and then he goes. Uh, of course, where Danny lives, um, they only collect the bins once a fortnight. I was like, fine, it's just you just justified it now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bastards, <laughs> fucking bins. Um, yeah, Craig Charles is a performer at Glastonbury. He's doing like a thing oh, right. on the uh, like the cabaret kind of alternative stage. Um, cool. I might try and go and check that out. When oh, I'm say there. hello. Yeah, well, so my mate met you. Yeah, he said, uh, you know, had a good little chat and that. Um, and also, uh, the Heavy Load, our, our friends, the uh, Learning Difficulties rock band, have also got a 50-minute slot on the, in the Wicked. Shangri-La uh, area of Glastonbury oh. on the Saturday. So I'm going to try and get down and check them out, see what the load are up to. They've got a new album due out soon, I think, so they'll probably be playing a bit of new material. Mm. Um, be interesting to see what they've been up to. Well, you'll you'll have to give us uh, a review of the gig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm hoping to make it down. I'm not sure whether they clash with anyone else, but because there's so fucking much going on, I've never been before. Um, but I've been to other festivals, but it seems to be just like a, just such a huge variety of uh, stuff. You could probably walk around, you know, 24 hours a day and still not see everything, um, or still miss something. Yeah, but I'm definitely going to try and check out uh, see about Craig Charles for a while and uh, keep the load on the keep road. Keep the load on the road. Well, you got support. Got support. And they're having like a like um, it's not like a disabled 
like a promotional thing for them as well. So they're doing a, a few different things. But there's like a whole five-hour section dedicated to um, this uh, particular promotion, and they're, which they're a part of. Because um, apparently Glastonbury is one of the best festivals to go to for disabled access and things. Oh, um, yeah, apparently they're really good. Um, yeah. But um, talking about kung fuing the women, obviously it was sad news a couple of weeks ago with uh, old David Carradine. Yeah, well... What's going on there, then, eh? I don't know. Do you and think it was a sex game gone wrong? Well, that's what they said, a solo solo sex act gone wrong. So he was, you know... Choking... Choking asphyxiation, masturbation, or whatever it's called. Oh, yeah. But, um, I mean, I read this article from a friend of his that said, you know, he thought that it was, that it was uh, there was more to it than that. Mm. Bit of foul play. Uh, yeah, because you know he was always outspoken about, uh, you know, the sort of gangsters and show business and stuff like yeah. that. And they reckon they got they got to him or something. Uh, conspiracy S- time. Some sort of yeah, some sort of Bruce Lee sort of <laughs> style uh, thing going on there. But I don't know whether that was just because uh, he died in such a sort of well, slightly embarrassing circumstances yeah. that they've sort of maybe add a bit more myth to it to sort of, you know, create a bit, bit more something to take away it. from that anyway. Yeah, yeah. But he was filming, wasn't he? Because obviously he was out there for a long time, or well, quite a while, wasn't he? A couple of months shooting. Has he got a film to come out then? Well, he was, I don't know what, what state it is in, whereas like, you, know, you hear about when actors die and Sometimes the film's near completion, or, yeah. or I mean, Heath Ledger died what any what, a month or so in, so they replaced him and or did different things. But yeah. I don't know what stage it was in. Also, I don't know what type of film it was because obviously Carradine tended to v- sort of stay on the uh, B movie side of yeah. Hollywood, um, apart from obviously the the Kill Bill, which is probably his biggest, most commercial vehicle that he did of recent history. But. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure it'll be out. It'll get, it'll, get, it'll get a big release now, probably, because it, if it's his last film, and uh, like you say, if there's still myth and conspiracy going on about his death, um, yeah. I'm sure that will add to the the interest in it, as sad as that sounds. Maybe, maybe it was just a delayed reaction from that death punch yeah. thing from Kill <laughs> the Bill. The five-finger palm. And it just happened to happen when he was sort of in the middle of uh, some business, you know? <laughs> yeah, possibly. Uh, possibly. Be a powerful punch if that was the case. But yeah, it's, uh, certainly could have uh, had some sort of effect. But well, I, I was always—I know we've talked before about how people's celebrity continuing after they've died, and obviously, like you've mentioned, Tupac mm. already, and um, Bruce Lee is another example of uh, how like a death can almost cement your place in history more than your life in some circumstances, if it's. Uh, the conspiracy theorists get hold of it or if it's um, strange circumstances. Mm. But it's always like interesting to me because Marilyn Monroe is like probably one of the oldest icons in that sort of, fall, falls into that category along with James Dean maybe. Um, and near me at work at the um, Proud Galleries they've got, they've got a uh, an exhibition of Marilyn Monroe sort of pictures, photographs taken during a couple of the films she made and uh, a couple of photo shoots. And I went round and I looked at all of them and, you know, 
some of them are good, some of them are kind of pretty average, really. But still, to kind of have someone who died, what, 50 years ago? Or yeah. Must be nearly 50 years ago. Take up a sort of a gallery space, quite a large gallery space in the cent central London for, I think they're running for two months. It's a, it's a fairly, fairly impressive feat for someone who, uh, whose actual output was relatively small. Yeah, but it's still like a—I don't know whether it's morbid or not—but like a, just a fascination with seeing. Uh, you know. And also, funny when Carolyn died, I remember seeing two days later on that someone, like the, the Thai authorities, had leaked the autopsy pictures. And yeah, stuff. and I remember there was the same thing. Marilyn Monroe had people were trying to get hold of the. Uh, all the, you, there was a room you could get like the photos of her like on the autopsy table after after she died. Well, what's the fascination with seeing and? Like in death, you know, mm. and Tupac. There was all those pictures came up. Well, I think the two, the Tupac one was leaked. Well, the fascination was people wanted to see it because they didn't believe, believe he was dead. Yeah, they thought he faked his death or whatever. And uh, it's an awful picture. I mean, like it's all cut up, isn't it? Like you can yeah. see his chest, like all the. Um, well, there's this, the the thing. The thing is about it is that you know people have this sort of because of Hollywood movies, really, they think he went out in a blaze of glory, you know, because he was just rapping yeah. about gun, yeah. gun crime. Just like Butch Cassidy and the Sundance yeah, Kid. Yeah, like, for him to just... But then, like, I read this book, and this guy just goes into it and just goes, well, you know, although it sounds sort of quite romantic to die young and be, you know, all this sort of Glamorise it, yeah. D did he piss himself? You know, it's, it's you know, was it... He must have been so frightened, and you know, it's it's actually horrible, mm. you know. And to see the autopsy was just like, by the way, you know, this is this is not a movie. This is you know Real. someone's life, mm. you know. He got shot up twice. Yeah, well. that's so, the second time. Yeah. You know, the second time you're just like, fuck, man, what did I do wrong? Yeah. <laughs> it's just horrible, isn't it? Yeah, that's interesting. Like about you think about. Um people in a different light and obviously in death like you say bodily functions lose control and obviously muscles and things like that so he's probably pissed and shit himself and that's nothing he, and every every person who dies must go through that same thing and yet yeah. it's kind of an, neglected or not really ever considered I suppose well, I've been watching um, the Six Feet Under uh, TV series which finished a couple of years ago now but um, that's set in a funeral home with these two sort of funeral director brothers and uh I don't know whether it's realistic or not, but they obviously spend quite a lot of time down in the embalming sort of studio with dis discussing things they need to do to bodies. And the amount of work, there's like an entire industry that is kind of totally almost anonymous, like in this country. Of, um, I mean, I don't know whether because in the UK it's less common to have like open caskets and things. Yeah. But in the US, it's like massive business, like reconstruction, body post post mortem reconstruction, and. Um, they talk. They were talking about things like they they have like plugs and they put in them just like orifices to stop kind of like fluid leaks and stuff like that. Wow. And um, they have they they have a an embalmer who's sort of good at reconstructing faces to look. So he goes through photos on their lives and stuff. And if they've had an accident, um, you know, he then can then attempts to reconstruct their their figures, their, their face to make them look look like they did in real life. So when they have the open casket um, wake and things. And it's just, it's 
fascinating, like strangely fascinating because you never you never kind of get this uh, insight into that world. Yeah. Um, I don't know. And it's a good series, but it's kind of like that side of things. You just... I quite like kind of medical stuff, so it's always interested in what the body does. I think that's why I did biology at A-level things. It was just kind of an in a general interest in the way things kind of work. But, yeah, pretty, pretty sophisticated, I guess. Okay, listeners, I think that about wraps things up for uh, episode 18 of Oscar Wants a Sausage. I hope you've uh, enjoyed our little chat. Uh, Next time for 19, we should have some uh, some uh, interesting people on board if we can convince them to come by. Uh, also, Matt might just have uh, a little rundown of uh, his Glastonbury experience. Um, and in the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter. <laughs> or not. <laughs> if you feel like it. ORM1982. That's me. That's the, that's the account. If you want to know what Owen's up to, where he's left his keys. Then, you know. Or perhaps you could, you know, give me some advice on, you know, how to deal with yeah. embarrassing toilet situations or what's not. Yeah. Also, we should uh, point out this is going to be, hopefully this episode will be a landmark in Oscar Wants a Sausage history as we reach our 1,000th download through Jellycast. So... We're 990 at the moment, so if you're listening to this, you could very well be the uh, the 1,000th downloadee. Thank you very much for listening. And we can... That's what we want to get to, so we'll probably quit now. Go and get pissed. <laughs> We've done our bit. <laughs> We've done our bit. done our bit to fill up the internet with shit. We've affected 1,000 people. <laughs> Quite proud of that. Yeah. All right, laters. Yeah.